Hello and welcome to Everything Interesting Under the Sun. I'm your host, Ethan Clark. Today we have the charming Chase Kengott joining us. Chase is an award-winning filmmaker out of Dallas, Texas. Thank you for joining me here today, Chase. Yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to it, man. This is exciting stuff. Yes, sir. Let's get started. Sure. I know you've been making films for a while now. Can you tell me the story about how this all began? Sure. This goes back to probably, um, I think when I was 11, it was The Walking Dead and the Super 8 got me so into film, and I was like, damn, I need to make a zombie movie. And... Uh, made this film I wrote the script when I was 11 and it was absolute garbage and I loved it so much I produced it I made the whole thing and then it turned out uh, quite horrible but that's what got me into the knack of it dude I started to love film and I just haven't stopped ever since it's really funny how you brought up the Super 8 movie cause my memory of that is that is the worst movie of all time I watched it when I was younger with my oh, friends yeah. I have such a vivid memory watching that and it is just in my opinion, a terrible movie, but... I hate to hear that, bro. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, No, man. it's not the best. It's, it's a J.J. Abrams uh, production. It's pretty damn good. I mean, it's it's inspiring, but it's definitely not the best. Uh... Uh, so who would you say is your favorite director? Probably Tarantino, man. Tarantino? Love that's a, that's that guy. That's a good answer. Always been Tarantino. What about Tarantino interests you? You know... I don't, I don't even know. I think it's when I went to Colorado with my friends and I watched Pulp Fiction. I was like, this guy's on to something crazy. I knew I wanted to screen. He made me want to screen right because he was so different from everybody else. So, What makes him different? What makes Tarantino different? Well, have you seen any of his movies, Clark? I mean, I've seen his movies. Truly, I'm not that much of a fan of him. All of his movies, for instance, um, what is it, Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Like, I heard that was a great movie. I watched it, and I honestly was not amazed. I truly didn't think it was that good of a movie. But at the same time, I'm not a director. I can't really appreciate how a movie is filmed or how it is recorded. I more so care about the content. To me, the content wasn't all that good. But I want to hear your opinion on what makes a good right. movie. I mean, considering it was his kind of breakout movie, it's it's a really impressive uh, the way he made that, wrote and directed it. It's super difficult to write and direct and to come out and make something like that. Something that's, uh, it's got an intertwining timeline. It's not just based on, it's not a plot that just goes along with like a 24-hour plot line. It's it's through many days and they intertwine it and uh, the story just jumbles all together. It's kind of crazy actually. What you're explaining as the reason why a movie is good is mainly the complexity of like the filming. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You're mentioning how the story intertwines with many different timelines. Right. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, so that's what kind of tripped me out. It's like uh, Dunkirk. It's like what Christopher Nolan did with Dunkirk. He, he matched uh, three timelines together. It's like an inter interwoven plot line, and uh, it never ceases to amaze me. It's... It's uh, it's fairly new to cinema. It's not really uh, something that original screenwriters really plan for, but I think it, it works so well, and I just love how uh, Tarantino does it, really. 
are you trying to replicate Tarantino with your own filmmaking? Yeah, so my, my high school films, my intros, my outros, my like my credits and my whole plot line, they were all uh, nonlinear. I keep saying interwoven, but it's it's a nonlinear plot line, and I just copied that straight from Tarantino. I stole everything from him. Can you give a more of an elaboration? So nonlinear, okay. What is that the only thing that is specific to Tarantino that separates him from the pact or is there well, more no, to he, that? He's, a, he's extraordinarily violent um, he doesn't really abide by any uh, cinematic rules he always has great cinematographers with him on his productions his directing style I mean as far as camera movement and uh, shot types go is it's, it's pretty extraordinary actually have you ever seen you know you see like the hateful eight you see yeah. yeah. It's just it's nonsense what he was making, and it's just it just comes together. It's freaking beautiful, man. Yeah, Hateful Eight. That is, that is a good movie. I'll give you that. But other ones I've seen, they haven't uh, lived up to the hype. Really? Do you think you need to rewatch them, bro? Yeah, I guess so. Do you think that the U.S. will continue to dominate the global film industry as it has been for the past X amount of years? Uh, yeah. That's if Bollywood doesn't take over India. <laughs> Bollywood, India makes, I think, the most uh, films out of any country. Really? In the entire world. Uh, not to say that they're great, but they, they even have showings in the United States. But, I don't know, USA is just kind of a powerhouse, so I have no real prediction. But based on how it's going, I would say on our, on our schools, uh, what we've had in the past, I just think... Yeah, dude, I think the USA is going to dominate. Yeah? Yeah. Within the U.S., what is the state that you think will continue to dominate? Because obviously for the past however many years, Los Angeles has been the hub. That is the place to go if you want to make it for a film, like for film. But do you think that will continue the way it is? So, I mean, it's big with production companies. It's really big with who has the lowest tax, who has the lowest... uh, tax uh, I'm forgetting my word but to, to make a movie in a state you have to pay a tax and for LA it's massive for just California it's massive but the industry is huge in Atlanta that's kind of where I'm trying to go so that's where The Walking Dead was filmed and because Georgia's film tax is so low you can film uh, damn near anything you want Really? so is Texas so Austin Texas is also a huge hub so I'm Probably looking forward to uh, moving to Austin, possibly. What about New Mexico? I've heard some chatter about New Mexico being the new place. What's there? I heard actually Walking Dead was over there. No, that's probably there. I mean, there's uh, um, Breaking Bad was filmed in New Mexico. Oh, Breaking Bad is what it was. Uh, Okay, yeah, Albuquerque. So uh, I'm not sure what their film tax is, but it can't be high. I mean, New Mexico. I can't imagine them having a really high film tax. I could see New Mexico being the place to be. I mean... The little the like environment really? of New Mexico is similar to California, and that based on what you're saying, they have a small tax. Also, to be honest, like what is in New Mexico, I could see them pushing very heavily towards incentivizing the film production and making that their thing. I I can see that. Obviously, I'm not as in tune with what's going on right now, but. Just from my very uneducated point of view, I could see that. Yeah, it's clearly uneducated. 
<laughs> okay, well, well it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, but it's not a question for me, really. We'll see. We'll future. see when time comes, man. What are your top five movies of all time? And I want to hear your, your rationale asking, yeah. as why as why these are your top five. This is like asking who your favorite child is. I don't really know. I think um, I'll go with Tarantino. Let's go. How about my top five? Like, okay, let's just go. Django. This is in no order whatsoever. Django, Hateful Eight, and then I'll hit you with Tenet. Just kidding. I hate that movie. That was a terrible Django, movie. Django, Hateful Eight. Love Christopher Nolan, though. Uh, Dunkirk is up there. What is another one, dude? Let's do One Flew Over the Cookie's Nest. It's such a good movie. And then one more. Let's go Random Director. Let's do... Let's do Chinatown. I actually love Chinatown. It's not a random director, but... Chinatown. I've Chinatown's never heard of that. Well, who is that by? <laughs> uh, it's a Jack Nicholas. Uh, Jack Nicholas is the actor. And Chinatown is written by... Oh, Christ. I forgot, brother, man. Come back to me on that. I should now. I've taken at least 18 classes on <laughs> film history, but it's early. It's early. To trend in a different direction now, what is it that Chase Kengott does that improves his life on a daily basis like how do you sustain your happiness right um what a question clark i mean have you ever heard like a, of a dopamine cleanse like just kind of clearing your mind i've seen videos on youtube of a dopamine detox yeah, i have wanted to do that yeah. i haven't done it yet but mm-hmm. no I, share share with me on that so i mean the first people the first thing people do is they wake up and like they you immediately go for your phone like before you go for water before you go to bed you just go for your phone I mean, that's not, you just want dopamine instant, instantaneously right when you wake up. And you can just continuously scroll, scroll, and get it for hours and hours. You cannot even get sunlight. You cannot get any physical activity. You scroll, you scroll, you scroll. You get a ton of dopamine. And then once you're off, it's like you were just high for about two hours laughing, enjoying yourself for about two hours. And then you're off your screen. Now your brain has no dopamine, so you're at an all-time low. So people can scroll, and they have fun on their phones for, I mean, hours on end. I do it, too. Then you get off, and you're like, damn, I got no motivation. I really don't feel like nothing can give me as much happiness as what I I was just at for those two hours. So it's it's a super toxic world. If you want something, you look it up instantly on your computer. If you want something, you just go straight to your phone. If you feel uncomfortable, you go straight to your phone. If you're in public, you got no one to talk to, you go straight to your phone. So it's, it's... drastically um, I think it's definitely detrimental to our how our brain works to our brain chemistry because I mean back then imagine imagine not having your phone when you're with your friends out it would be crazy it'd be be, this people could not even comprehend unless you have alcohol with you obviously but imagine it's just you and your friends in a room what do you, you open a newspaper and you talk about the news you look outside and you talk about the weather you can't just open your phone and forget about the people next to you. It's it's very difficult. It's a weird thing that we do now. It's so natural, but I think it's it's absolutely detrimental to our health. Yeah, there's something to be said about the ability of I have a question. Okay, I'm gonna Google it and have this answer immediately. Yeah. Like you never, you don't have to like. I'm not gonna say I wanna. Why is the sky blue? Okay, yeah. I'm not gonna discuss with you why you and I believe the yeah, sky to be blue. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up immediately on Google why the sky is blue. Like it doesn't really 
it's not it doesn't allow for a lot like your own thinking because you have the correct answer if you just take two seconds and look on Google. Right. That's called that's called instant gratification. So I, we really have is. no we have no patience for anything. So we don't have any patience for waiting in a waiting room. Imagine going to the doctor's office and not having your phone. You'd go crazy. You'd literally go crazy just sitting there. You'd think about your breath and you'd be like, damn, like look at all these mistakes I've made in the past. You can't even you can't even focus on what you're doing. Because if you want anything, you get it immediately. If you want anywhere, you got a car, you go there immediately. If you have any question, bang. It's good for, you know, I mean, I can't I can't dog on the internet. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, but imagine imagine waiting for answers though. We've not I mean, we've barely had to experience that. And it's crazy how Imagine going, having to go to the library to find something out. Isn't that nuts? That is beyond me. Yeah, it's... And it's, we're spoiled. As, like, we are so spoiled as people. It's crazy. To just want anything. You want to go see your friends, you just drive right to their house. You want to figure something out, you just look it up on the internet. You want to give someone a call, bang. You want to talk, text to, talk to anybody, you text. I mean, it's really cool until, until it's not, you know? And it... It's just, I think it has an effect on our patience, on our just, you can't even think about yourself really because your brain is so out there all the time. You're just giving everything so much energy. If you just think about yourself for a minute, you just panic. Like, damn, what am I doing? Do you feel, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I, know, I know what you're saying, but I want to say one thing. It's really funny to think about, like within our parents' generation, if they had a question at like midnight, they would not be able to yeah, go one. on Google and like check it, like look it up. They would have to write this down and then the next morning go to the library and finally get the answer to that question. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, that's they just don't have crazy. it immediately. But it, it helps you be a better human being. Is to think about something, wait, and then it's gratifying to figure it out later using your own, uh, like your own hard work, your own research, right? So, like, it's very gratifying, and you kind of learn about the world doing that. There's nothing you're learning by pulling out, like, there's nothing you're learning about the world or yourself just by pulling out your phone and figuring something out. It's awesome to figure things out that quick. It's, it's, that's, it's, it's kind of beautiful, actually. But as far as for the human brain, growing up, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's, it's definitely detrimental, detrimental in some way. You feel, you know what I'm saying? I know. I, I, I hope I'm making saying. sense here. No, I, 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 I agree with rambling. That. There's this thing I saw recently. Uh, like it talks about the things you have the ability to Google. Say I have a question, I'm going to Google it. I'm not going to remember this answer to this question because I can always just Google it if I forget it. Like the exactly same with names. Same yeah, with exactly. Names. Yes, but so you mentioned uh, a while ago, like instant gratification. How do you in your daily life counter? The instant gratification that you experience throughout your day. Oh, I'm all talk, bro. I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. But uh, I guess as far as instant gratification goes, I can't do anything about it. I just embrace it. I spoil myself, man. I spoil myself all the time. I can't really do much about it for myself. I'll, I will do the dopamine cleanse, and I'll try that, not being on my phone. But hey, if I want to figure something out, I mean, I'm not going to stop. As I said, I don't want to dog on how quick you can get information. I'm just trying to express how the impact on the human, on the brain. But, I mean, I do it all the time. I can't, I can't just not be instantly gratified. I can go on Amazon and get a fucking hot tub tomorrow if I really wanted to, you know? (laughs) 
It'd be I can get something in less than twenty four hours. That is absurd. That that has not been a thing for. That has not been a thing for. I mean, for the last for the last five years, this is it's that new. Amazon's changing the game. But yeah. if I want any sort of knowledge, any object, I can get it immediately. I mean, that, that's just that can't be healthy. Even though it's awesome and I love it, <laughs> so I can only dog on the effects. Imagine so. telling your ancestors that, oh, you want this? Okay, you'll get it tomorrow. Like, yeah, dude, you they want have to that? build themselves. They have to like take some time to learn about how it's made, and they have to make it themselves. As opposed to us, oh, I want this. Okay, it's in my door tomorrow. Like that is, it's mind blowing. They, they, they just build whatever they wanted. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we got to go to the store tomorrow. We're gonna walk there. It's gonna take three hours. We're gonna pick up some wood and some devices, and hey, we're gonna walk back, and then we'll build it the next day. So this is gonna be a week long deal. Or, hey, let's just go to Amazon and get it within, within 10 hours. Tell me about your dopamine detox, or however you phrase that. Like, what is, so how do you go detox. about that? Um, I just don't check my phone right when I wake up. I try not to listen to music for the first uh, couple hours or so in the morning. Uh, I just did that this morning, though, so mm-hmm. I did just go against that. But, yeah, don't li- try not to listen to music. I guess be with yourself. Maybe have a conversation with your roommate, dude. It's so hard not to be on your phone. But if you try it, I swear you will be more motivated with anything you do. Like if you don't turn on your TV and just watch the news, or you don't just go straight to your computer and see what's up, you can obviously use those devices, but I swear to you, if you just put if you put them down for a little bit and you just hang out to yourself and think about really like what you want to do, it's like, damn, okay, and you, you'll start getting things done. You'll have, to, you'll have different priorities rather than just to please yourself because it's just so pleasing to be on all these things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's definitely the path of least resistance to just wake up and grab your phone immediately and mm. just have everything you want in your hands. I like that, yeah. You definitely have to make an effort to not go on your phone. And truly, it probably I haven't personally done a dopamine detox, but I can assume that it will have very lasting impacts on your the rest of your day. Like probably makes you more motivated i want to hear what you like what are the results of that how how have you been affected by a dopamine detox so yeah you just become motivated with as i said you just you're motivated with everything you do and you have more of a drive so let's say you do put the phone down maybe you'll go meditate or maybe you'll go stretch do yoga work out you do if you, you just give yourself more time to do a lot more things and obviously we have responsibilities so you can get your obligations out of the way it just it provides you with opportunities that it's like it's like growing up. It's like growing up and you realize, wow, I have so much time to do other things than just be on my phone. And you can do whatever you want in that time. Did I answer your question? Yeah. yeah. Okay, something like that. It's pretty crazy to think about the amount of time that each and every one of us spends on our phone on a daily basis. It's crazy. I personally, I have my the screen time widget on my phone on the home screen, so I always see how much time I spend on my phone. Some days when I'm spending like five hours on my phone, it just blows my mind. Like I reflect on what I have done throughout that day on my phone, and I truly cannot recall a single thing. Like I may have texted a friend, but like I don't know the conversation I had. It just yeah. happened, and then it's in the past. Yeah, right. It's really crazy to see that our lives are just through this electronic device that we have in our pocket at all times. And that is the way we conduct our lives. Like your yeah. phone, if you were to lose your phone, you're basically losing losing your life. Like that is right. that's crazy. And that you, 
I always make a point to try to remove myself from my phone. Like I try to, like, I consider the fact that if I were to lose my phone, then I lose my life. And I want to really make an effort for that not to be the case. I, I truly think having a phone and having the ability to look up things at all times, having social media with this immediate gratification, like that is truly not the way we should go about our lives. Like, I really think we should take a step back from technology and yeah. really reevaluate our lives. Something like that, yeah. But you can't dog on it too much. Like I just I made like 20 phone calls yesterday and got so many things done. So it's, it's hard to walk away and be like, yeah, I'm not going to use my phone again. But some, I mean, it is, it's a useful device. So I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you the impacts on, on neur- neurologically, the impacts on the brain. And it can even affect like your emotions throughout the day. So that's just the whole dopamine talk. And we rely on it so much. And it's so useful that we kind of rely on it with our emotions and like our psychology as well. So whenever it's just so hard to take a moment for yourself nowadays. And when you can, you can, you can then improve on yourself if you just, if you just sit down and breathe. We can talk about that in a little bit too. Meditation, which is kind of crazy. There's this thing the philosophy Stoicism mentions. I love the Stoicism, dude. Did we talk about that before? We may have. I'm not I sure. I love but that. One of the things it mentions is that. Don't try. Is that Stoicism? I'm not sure. Right, but keep, what I was going, what I was going to bring up is that every once in a while you should sleep on your floor. Yeah. to just understand what it's like to not have a bed. Oh, wow. Like, sleep on the ground to really evaluate what it's like and how privileged you are. You sleep on the ground, Clark? I've never done that, no. I'm kind of a hypocrite. I don't I don't actually take my advice. But I heard that's good for your back, if you sleep on the ground once a week. I'm sure it is. It probably has some very, some very good benefits. But what I'm talking about within technology, like, imagine using that philosophy and not having a phone for a day like what how what would you do throughout your day without being on your phone for four plus hours like what would you do differently i want to hear your thoughts what would what would chase ken got do differently if you were to have four extra hours well i've got too many responsibilities just to not have my phone you know so is this just situationally no actually just think about it realistically what would you do if you didn't have your phone for four hours, like you weren't on I'd your do phone. Physical for four hours. activity. I'd just be physical all day. I get it. You know, remember when we were growing up, the minute sixty, sixty minutes every day, do something physical. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's such BS. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably just do something physical, bro. Get out. I do yoga all the time. Like I'll stretch. I'll probably have more time to like focus on my body, and just connect mind to body, which I'm kind of big on now. I've been trying to do that a lot more, which feels a lot better. I I have a, such a bad back. What was the question again? I'll get into this one. I have such a bad back, but I started to do yoga, like actually stretch and flexibility, like muscle mobility. And like Mikey, Michael Eckhart, shout out. Mikey was telling me he does like these um, stability workouts or it's foundation training. So like you're, you're training your muscles that you're working out to not only like be used, but to like be used the most efficiently that you could ever do. So like stretching, it has to do with stretching so like if let's say you have the biggest shoulders in the world, a if you can't if you can't turn one eighty degrees or if you can't turn like ninety degrees like that with your shoulders, then what are you doing? It's like all mobility training. So, what? Let's relate this back to the question. I'd probably stretch all day. I'd probably stretch, breathe, meditate, focus on my breath, do some Wim Hof, 
And Wim Hof. And just trying to better myself. I'm, I'd probably better myself. I'm all about uh, self, self-health right now. I'm really trying to get big in that. And it's hard nowadays because why would you go out and do yoga and be a weirdo, right? When you can just sit inside, look at the sports book, look at the lines, and just see... You know what you can, how much money you can make, and go and see what you can do that day. So, I mean, it's it that's it's just irrelevant in today's society. It, it would just be too stupid to do that, you know. I I would try I mean, three hours without your shit. Like, forget it, dude. Forget it. It's funny you brought up mobility because this is something that I've thought about many times. When I was going to the gym very often, and I. I personally thought I had like a, a big back, a muscular back, muscular shoulders, but I couldn't even itch my back. Like that is Yeah, because you were a basketball player and you didn't know how to work out. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> like I would, I had an itch in the middle of my back and I couldn't reach it. Like that oh, is, that's, horrible. that's crazy. I like, why do I want to be big if I'm not even functional? That, that's what it stretches for right here. You need that. You touch your hands. Yeah, dude, like there's no, and it, it will make you stronger too. Like you, you'll be able to push more weight if you can just learn to use your muscles, you know? And stretching is a thing that a lot of people just disregard. Like, uh, people do not... I know people... Like, I, my friends, for instance, do not think about stretching on a daily yeah, basis. Bro. I mean, we grew up doing jumping jacks before PE. I mean, that didn't do anything. Even, I mean, our, our teachers of stretching when we were growing up really didn't have any idea. I mean, do you think, do you think like, our parents really stretched before, like, football practice? Like, they just butt heads and they went after it. And, like, I guess when they grew up, they had a very limited, uh, limited experience in it. So I mean, who we're learning from, we don't even know that much. But stretching, yeah, dude, it's so important. I'm sore right now talking about it, dude. I just want to go stretch my thighs. Give it some time. We can do a stretching routine afterwards. Within, let's. Uh, I want to elaborate on some more physical health and mental health. Just health in general. Yeah. You mentioned meditation. Yes. Are sir. you a big meditator? I try. I'm bad. I'm I'm no good, but I love doing it. Dude, I love doing it. Uh, so I'll do the Wim Hof. I'll do my breathing method before, and then it's literally the art of not thinking about anything but your but your breath, and just think about how hard that is when we're always thinking. As I mean, Alan Watts used to say, dude, like, what do you have? Oh, it's it's on TikTok now, dude. It's actually really funny. It's like, what what are you really thinking about if all you have is thoughts? Like, if all you have is thoughts every day. Like, are you just thinking about your thoughts? Like, try not thinking at all and, like, clear your brain because your brain's working 24-7. You're entertaining your brain all day. And when you're not entertained, we like, we're like, oh, we're depressed. It's like, no, you're not depressed. You're just thinking for 10 hours straight, entertaining yourself, and then you took a breath. And you're like, damn, like, I'm not happy anymore. It's like, yeah, because you were overloading yourself for 10 hours. If you just try to mediate yourself... That's what meditating is all about. So, like, don't think. Meditate and be there with your breath. I'll try to do it for 10 minutes. So I'll sit there. I have a shed in the backyard. We got this little carpet. It's beautiful. We'll open up the shed doors. And I'll sit there. I'll stretch, and I'll be as nimble as I can. And then you sit there, and you just try to breathe. Concentrate on your breath. You five seconds in, five seconds out. You should have the most uh, even in and out with your breaths. Because... When you're breathing in, what is that, like parabolic? I forgot. When you're breathing in, that's uh, that's like the ins- instinctual side of your nervous system. That's like breathing, um, like your heartbeat. And then the other side of your nervous system is eating, like reproducing, um, 
like doing physical activities, other things like that. So when you're breathing out, this is a very crazy way of thinking. When you're breathing in, it's more of a, you're looking out in the world because your heart, when you breathe in, your heart beats more and you're prepared for anything that comes at you. But when you breathe out, that's more of the relaxation and you're concentrating on your, in, on your inner thoughts. So when you breathe in, you're like gathering in peace. And then when you breathe out, you're just kind of letting yourself go and looking internally. And if you do that for 10 minutes, it is impossible. You will think, you'll start thinking about the mistakes you made in your life. You'll think about, oh, what do I have to do today? Oh, why did I say that thing to that person the other day? Why did I make that mistake last night? You know, why did I do that? You will think about anything. So if you, if you, if you can just try to retract your thoughts, be like, you learn why you think those thoughts and you try to just, you try to uh, unravel that. And you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't think like that. Maybe I should just breathe in out five seconds for 10 minutes and then you'll you'll end up just thinking about nothing and your brain will just thank you for it you'll get tingles dude your brain stem will be so happy i love doing it it's, it's crazy am i talking nonsense or does that make a little bit of sense no i understand what you're saying you touched on this a little bit about your meditation routine is it one of the like there's different types of meditation do you just yeah. sit there in silence and are very aware of your thoughts or do you listen to is it like a guided meditation do you have right specific things that you focus uh, on i definitely i go outside i mean we're in tempe so all sorts of shit's going on there's a jackhammer going on two blocks down the dog's barking plane going overhead phx we got the trains going by you can hear them on the train tracks you got the ding 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 of the of the light rail right there you got your neighbors. It's it's beautiful just to listen to those sounds for a second. So yeah, I'll just go outside. I'll go outside for sure. And it's the last thing I do after I do like my yoga and then Wim Hof and then I'll I'll, I'll try to sit there. But I don't even meditate every day because I'll even think to myself like I don't got time for this. Like I have no time for this. I gotta go. But yeah, I go I'll go outside. Definitely just get some fresh air. And there's all sorts of types of meditation. But I just kind of sit there. You can even lay down outside. And just try not to think. As crazy as that sounds, it's so crazy to say it like to people, like just don't think. Because all we have is thoughts all the time. Just literally try not thinking. And I mean, it, you'll do your brain a favor, you know. So yeah, go outside. Definitely Inside, I don't know. I'd probably trip out. I'd probably, yeah. I'd probably have to put on some rain sounds or something. With the Wim, like the Wim Hof breathing, can you Love share a Wim. little bit about that for the people that are not familiar with it? So, did I tell you about Wim Hof sophomore year when we were living together? I was the one that told you, you about You told Wim me Hoff. about yes, Wim Hof? Yes, I got you. A, Are you sure I got about a Wim Hof book and I gave it to you. I don't think you ever read it. Are you it. sure about that? I am 100% certain. I'll trust you on that. I think, yeah, you probably did. No, you did give me that book. Um, yeah, we did We did the Wim Hof breathing as sophomore. We felt so stupid, dude. We were just doing it. It was like three of us in the room. We were just doing the... And then breathing out and then trying to hold it for long. And then we did it. We we're like, dude, I feel high. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> no, you're not high. <laughs> your brain is just, your blood is uh, fully oxygenated. It's it's the least acidic that it's going to be. Your blood is like super alkaline when you, uh, I think it's when you when you totally breathe out, your blood turns super alkaline. Right? I'm talking nonsense. I just, uh, it's something to do out. with your body being alkalized is how I, how I remember. Yeah, right. So you just reoxygenate your blood and then you get these tingles in your brain because you are lightheaded, but that's because you're, there's so much, of, there's so much of a buildup of, uh, of, uh, carbon dioxide, right? I'm not sure what that. You breathe in oxygen, you let out, what is it? Carbon dioxide. Whatever. It's like carbon dioxide. Um, and 
when you get a whole buildup of that. You know when you breathe in a lot, they're like, oh, there's a lot of oxygen. No, it's like it's a buildup of you fill your cells with oxygen, your blood, and then there's a huge buildup of, uh, I want to say carbon dioxide. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. We're wondering what. I mean, we have the internet here. Can we yeah, just look that's it up? True. Sure? I, I think what it is is you, sound like you inhale carbon and you release oxygen. I actually no, it's probably the other way around. You inhale oxygen, you release carbon. I'm not sure. That's beside the point. How do you think Wim Hof? Wim Hof breathing has impacted you. Do you think overall? I mean, obviously, since you do it's it awesome, frequently, dude. do you it's think it has awesome. benefited you? And in what way has it benefited you? It just it, it connects. I think my mind and body together more. And whenever I do the breathing, I just feel. I definitely feel at more peace with myself. It's just it's like, it's like what I said earlier. Just like taking a moment, and just being with yourself. And when you do that, you just feel you feel like you just worked out. You know that like post workout high. So if you look up on YouTube, you just look up Wim Hof breathing method, and you follow his first video. You'll see, like, you, you should feel the impact yourself. But the, I guess the impact is just clear-headedness. I want to be more official with it, but just off personal experience, like, it's just clear-headedness. Uh, it has to do with self-love again, but we can talk about the, uh, that in a second. But it's just you, you focus more on yourself, and people are so focused on, like, we're almost, like, back to a predator society because we, we're so focused on breathing in. And have you ever... Like if you, I guarantee when you breathe in and then you count how many seconds you breathe out, your, your, your breathing out seconds will be like half of what you breathe in as that's called like stress. And like that leads to anxiety. But if you can count five in five out, like my brother's a, my brother's a baseball player and his coach uh, in college and his coach says when he, I guess when he's on the mound, he goes, he said four seconds in and then eight seconds out. And then I looked it up. I was like, that sounds really crazy, but that just really slows down your heart rate. Like really slows you down and, and completely gets rid of all stress. But at a flat line rate, it should be five in, five out. And if you can like you can just be walking around, I guarantee you you're breathing in for for two like three seconds and you're breathing out in a second or two. You're you're like and that's that's because you're so focused on your surroundings and your breathing out is your is your what I said earlier, like you're looking inward and you're focusing on yourself. That's why people go like and the longer you carry that, I don't know. It's 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 nonsense, but it is not. And I wish I was more educated in the field, but I just read the internet and I watch videos. So I'm reiterating what I'm learning and I'm experiencing these things, which I don't think are coincidental. I think something is happening there. I don't know what it is, but people will people will begin to to understand this. I don't know whether it has to do with age or generationally, but People will get into like controlling your breath and controlling your mind more. And like that has to do with just like self awareness and self health, which I'm really big on now. And it does like it makes you feel better and honestly it makes you a better person. That's so cheesy to say out loud. But no, it does make you a better person, bro. Because once you focus on yourself, then you have time to give energy to other people. And I think we prioritize it the other way around. I think we love to get like me especially, I'm pretty extroverted. I love to give energy to other people. And then after a while, when I look on myself, I'm like, damn, like, I don't even have the energy to entertain myself and, like, to, like, just be myself. It's crazy just to do it the other way around. Focus on yourself, I guess, in the morning. Don't hop on your phone and just, like, breathe. Do some Wim Hof. 
and you'll sit there and like you'll just feel stupid for a minute because you're like I have nothing to do but the the, th- the action of doing nothing while you're breathing it's so it's it's nice dude it's hard to talk about but I, I feel like everyone should try it it's funny you mentioned how when you breathe in you breathe in for a certain amount of time and then when you breathe out you breathe out for a lesser amount of time and as you were saying that I took notice of my breathing habits and I noticed that as well but to go back on what you're saying about the morning and your morning routine I've said this many times like I think genuinely that your morning is the most important part of your day like how you conduct your mornings will inevitably and invariably impact the rest of your day if you if you go through your morning in a very slobbish way and just do not care about how you are setting yourself up for the day then you will probably not have a very productive day but if you wake up like for instance I have a morning routine that I do every single day which is I wake up I read for 20 minutes and then I really meditate for 20 or meditate for 10 minutes and then I make some tea and then I stretch and then I write in my journal and then I grab my tea and I drink my tea and I start my day doing that every morning I love that. Has, Good shit, bro. Has it's better just, than me. Is conducive to me having a productive day. If you were to wake up, and going back to what we were saying in the beginning of this conversation, if you were to wake up, immediately grab your phone, immediately scroll through TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. you are like you're just getting dopamine right off the bat. You're what you are fiending for, you are being handed to. Or you're being handed. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. But that kind of <laughs> like that kind of way to live your life will just generate a very spoiled way like everything you want you need right away spoiled rotten and you mentioned Wim Hof Wim Hof is the ice man I've noticed over like I I went through this challenge that I've given myself I, I finished it now but I was taking cold showers for a month beautiful taking cold showers for a month it is such a horrible time like I hated it the, every second of it yeah dude but through this experience it really hardened me to being uncomfortable like I taking a cold shower is uncomfortable yeah dude yeah and that really allowed me to enjoy uh-huh. being uncomfortable I made this tweet a while ago it's very cliche but be be comfortable being uncomfortable like that is you should be okay with being uncomfortable. I came up with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you no, just came no, up with that. No, it's never, it's never been said until you were born. <laughs> I yeah. really like that, though. That, that's for sure. That's a sure thing. Everyone just wants to be comfortable all the time. That's just not how it should be, dude. And these cold showers, you, you are getting attuned to stress, aren't yeah, you? yes. So the other stressful situations are it's not a... Because you get so stressed that it's a fight or flight, and you just kind of fight it. And then you're out, and you're like, damn, what was I freaking out about, you know? Yeah, no, so... I've done this challenge many times throughout my life, and I did it before coming to college. I took sh- cold showers for the whole summer leading up to my call or my freshman year move-in, and as a result of that, I was the most extroverted, uh, outgoing person I've ever been in my life because I just didn't care about acting a fool. Like I, throughout my cold showers I already experienced being uncomfortable at all the times right so me introducing myself to somebody and them thinking I'm weird I don't care because you are weird bro yeah I'm pretty weird bro I'm, I'm happy to be weird man <laughs> exactly but introducing myself and 
being weird to this person, I don't care. Like, I already, like, that is an uncomfortable situation, and I was uncomfortable at all times while taking cold showers. Right. I think cold showers are a beautiful thing. They're beautiful, bro. We, uh... Mikey just went on. We got this little tub in the backyard. It's a little, it's a little inflatable tub. We go buy ice and we put all sorts of ice uh, and hose water in there. We sit in there for ten minutes and you just freeze yourself. And eventually, your body gets over it. But you're telling yourself when you get in, you're like, "Dude, I'm out. What am I doing? I gotta get out of here. Like this is horrible. This hurts." And then your body just goes like, "Oh, shut up, bro." Like, and then a minute, your body be like, "Relax." And you submerge your whole body. That's another thing you gotta. That's another fight or flight. And you're there, you're freaking out. And then you start breathing heavy because your body is like, your body's producing all this adrenaline because you're in a very stressful situation. And that's all, you also produce a lot of like HGH, like human growth hormones when you're doing that and testosterone. So it's a good like fat burner and all sorts. It's so good for you. But when you're in that, you're, it's such a primal state because your brain thinks that you're fighting for your life. Me and Mikey, we, we put, I keep calling out Mikey, we put eight bags of ice in our thing. And I literally thought I jumped off the Titanic and, and fell in the water. I was I was thought I was dying. My brain I knew I was tripping out, but my brain was like, dude, like get out. Like what are you doing? And I submit I submerged my whole body and I was freaking out. And I got out and I was like, damn, it was kinda like a rebirthing deal. It felt baptized because I just conquered this absolutely freezing cold water, like Wim Hof does. And I got I was like, damn, I feel like a whole new I feel like a whole new person. You just you're boosted with all this testosterone, and then you finally can calm yourself, and you are absolutely less stressed for the rest of the day. It's so good. Yeah, it, like the act of taking a cold shower is horrible. It's courageous, and that, it is. It's courageous. It's and very that's much courage in the society. It's very difficult to do, but that is not like the act of taking a cold shower is not the whole thing. You get out the cold. You get out of the cold shower, and you think to yourself. Yes, I just I'm so that. happy yeah. I did that. Yes, I I conquered that. I achieved something throughout the day. Conquer your inner bitch, as Joe Rogan says. That is He's what good. I was gonna. That's what I was exactly. Is I was that gonna, really what you're gonna say? That is exactly. We're on the same was page say. here. Yes, we Let's are. David Goggins. David. Do you Goggins know David Goggins? Yes. Yeah. He always talks about conquer your inner bitch, your inner self. Mm-hmm. I wrote a Medium article on this recently. A what? A Medium article. It's just a blog posting website, oh, but okay, cool. like your inner voice affects your life so much can i wait keep going keep going it's your inner voice like if i like your inner voice is what limits you limits you throughout your life if you're self-conscious about yourself if you're insecure that is your inner voice by taking cold showers you are combating your inner voice you are telling yourself that i own my own actions i own my own body i own my own mind like my subconscious is not in control of my life i am in control of my life and by taking cold showers, you are really giving the agency back to yourself. And yeah. it is a very fruitful endeavor, in my opinion. I really think that everybody should give that, should try this experience of taking cold showers for an extended amount of time because I guarantee you will reap the benefits of having more agency in your life. You will, you will, you will diminish this inner voice you have. You will take control of your life. You will not be scared of things you will be much more confident in yourself like it is there's so many different benefits that you experience yeah bro. by taking cold showers and i honestly would recommend everybody to try do it. the cold bath dude the, the shower sucks even more actually but i want to I express 
like you have the world's most powerful brain uh, or you have the world's most powerful computer and it's your brain and like we're trying to figure out how to use it and we barely have any clue it's just this massive device and your inner thoughts let's say the voice in the back of your head that's your operating system that's your operating system that's the that's the thing that that runs your brain and if you're telling yourself if you're telling your brain oh I can't do this or damn I'm bad at talking to people or god I just can't I can't I can't really be myself in public if you're telling yourself that your brain will do it you will not be good at that your brain you will not be good with people in public but if you have positive thoughts let's say you get over that anxiety you get over that stress let's say you take a cold shower and you go okay I'm ready for the day let's get after it I'm gonna have a productive ass day you're gonna have a productive day you will train your brain to do that like your brain is capable of doing that so if you're bad with names that's because you're telling yourself oh I'm bad with names Let's say, hey, I'm going to get better at learning people's names. I'm going to go out and learn every single name that, that people introduce themselves with. You'll train your brain, and if you put some just a little bit of effort, put forth some effort, your brain will just absolutely run that program. Your brain will just run the program, and then you'll you'll do whatever you put your mind to. God, I hate I hate using that too, whatever you put your mind to. But it's just it's what it's whatever you can convince your brain to do. Because such a strong computer you have up there, if you just learn how to, I guess, you're a computer science major, Clark. So if you learn how to program your brain into positive thinking, it's just so possible, right? You are an advocate of fake it till you make it. Uh, I mean, obviously, as you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah. But that is fake it till you make it. Like I'm sure each and every one of you have heard that many, many times because I, for one, have heard that countless each times. Each and every one of you five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like fake it till you make it. That is such a cliche thing. Nobody, yeah. like, you hear that, okay, fake it till you make it, in one ear, out the other. But no, that is such a powerful thing. Like, fake it till you make it. If you tell yourself, I am going to be much more confident in my life, mm-hmm. that will, over time, happen. Like, exactly. You just need to tell yourself things, and you will reinforce that in your brain. If I think I am very ugly, and I tell myself, ugh... I'm so ugly. Yeah. Like, why? Like, I'm ugly. Why? Like, well, and I, you are, but you're getting over it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but once, if you accept the fact that you're ugly, then you will become more ugly in your eyes. But if you yeah. tell yourself you're a beautiful, you're a beautiful human. And what, do, you, and what do we call that? We call it confidence, right? Confidence. But that's just a word. If you're just telling yourself that you, yeah. So keep going. Yeah. You tell yourself you're beautiful and good looking. You believe it. Yes. You, you inspire, like, oh, that's a confident guy. Like, you yes, inspire yeah, confidence it. within yourself. Like, Faking it till you make it is honestly one of the most, like, one of the most beneficial pieces of advice I could personally take, I could give you. I usually use that for, like, career types. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a very, like, imposter syndrome. Like, everybody feels like they do not belong. Okay, fake it till you make it, and it will work out in the end. Mm -hmm. In life, if I'm not confident, okay, fake your confidence to other people, and in turn, you will become more confident. That is extremely true okay take a cold shower you do not like taking cold showers fake it till you make it pretend like you enjoy cold showers and over time you will enjoy cold showers in the beginning when i was taking cold showers every time when i was standing outside of it the shower i would think to myself man i don't want to step in the shower this is gonna be the most uncomfortable time like why am i doing this man but i would tell myself like you know after the shower, you are going to enjoy yourself. You're going to be very proud of yourself. Yeah. And that happened every single time. So fake it 
fake it like you enjoy the shower and then come out and you will benefit from it. I like that, Clark. I really do. That's good. Thank you. Um, let's, uh, let's get into a new topic: philosophy. I want to hear. We've been on this. We've been on this cold shower shit. For yes, a while. I mean it's a very powerful thing, man. Not many, like, when I was taking this challenge, I would share with every single person I've talked to or I talked to at that time. Hey, man, take cold showers. It's yeah, gonna benefit you. Like, Shut up. Bro. Everybody did not listen to me. Oh, I wouldn't have listened. I'm to not you. gonna take cold showers. It's yeah. uncomfortable. I don't want to be comfortable. If I would have told myself a year ago, I would have just said no. Like, what are you thinking? But it's so nice. But yeah, now let's uh, take a step towards philosophy now. I want to hear... What about, the, what about the testo epidemic? Oh, the testo, yes. I know you, you wanted to bring this up. I didn't want to talk about that. So it's you, a big deal. My man uh, Chase Kengott wants to bring up some testosterone epidemic. I, I do not know much about this. I want to hear your view. I want you to, so, to teach yeah. me on this subject. So yeah, I mean, I guess the interest came in when, I mean, I was feeling unmotivated and like, let's just say slightly depressed. Let's just say depressed. And I'm like, God, I really don't want to do anything. And like chemically, I thought there's got to be something. There's got to be something that's, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to do this. And that is, it's a very mental deal. But as far as like chemically goes with, with the body, um, I was just doing some research and I saw on the internet, this is a true fact, you can't look this up. It's such a problem. It was, uh, I guess the average 21-year-old's testosterone is around the average of a 60-year-old in 2000. And that's an actual thing, which is a huge problem. And the, like research with testosterone is a little, um, it's a little uh, convoluted. And it's, I guess with today's society trying to I guess even talk about testosterone and trying to understand its usage and stuff. I mean, that, that just goes with like gender. And I guess we don't like to separate the genders too much nowadays. But if you talk about testosterone and do all that, it's the research is out there, but it's not really embraced too much because we don't want to talk about, oh, testosterone. Like that just makes a man manly, you know, that just makes you angry. That makes you uh, aggravated. But that's been that's been a evolutionarily absolute just imperative device that we use it is a hormone that from birth and especially i mean from puberty really is when we start to really grow our bodies and be one with our mind and by the use of these these uh testosterone uh habits like let's say so everyone's testosterone is super super low Testosterone makes you, as far as what is the uh, Andrew Huberman, who's a, what is it? He has a PhD at what school? Was it it's, uh, Stanford? At Stanford, yeah. Andrew Huberman, testosterone will make you very pleased with doing hard tasks. So, with, like that makes you go out. Testosterone was the thing that made the human, like that made uh, Homo sapiens males go out and like go hunt for food. Like, you need that energy. You'll get that rage. You'll go out, hunt for food, and kill something, and then bring it back. We are a very, very violent species, and that's attributed to testosterone. We are very violent. We had to do anything to survive, and then testosterone, when we did it and we survived, we felt good. We felt really good when we finally did something. And testosterone played a huge role in that. And now we have such low testosterone levels, thanks to, I guess, processed foods, soy, all this garbage Mostly processed foods, bad sleep, uh, just everything, all the above. And then no one really wants to talk about it because I actually don't know why. I guess it's not in society. It's not in the prerogative of, it's not the prerogative of, 
I guess the United States right now. It's not if if you were to you just you wouldn't eat Tyson nuggets, you wouldn't go to McDonald's, you wouldn't eat fast food. I guess if everyone knew about that, it would affect all those businesses. And our testosterone levels are so low. It's it's not it's not everyone's soft now. You can't say it. it's not like everyone's soft. Guys aren't guys anymore and blah blah blah. But there's a reason when you look back on these on these college photos and these guys look like grown ass men when they were 21 because their testosterone levels were at they're at 700, 800, 600. Now we're sitting at like 120, 200, 300, and it's so unhealthy for us. And it is a big deal. So you should fix your diet. You should fix your planning, how you eat, your sleep, and you should get tested honestly for your testosterone to see where you're at. And if you you burn more fat, you'll look better. You'll look more chiseled. It's great for muscle growth. It's great for your mind. Your psychologically, or I'll go neurologically, the physical part of it. Neurologically, your brain will be more motivated to do everything. So let's say instead of getting McDonald's, you go, you buy grass-fed red meat from blah, 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 who doesn't feed their cows soy. That's a lot of work to go through. But if you do that, your 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 uh, body will naturally start producing more testosterone. And it's a huge deal with everything in your life. If you have low testosterone for tens of thousands of years, or however long the human species, people have said, oh, I would love to get into that topic, but that's for another time. For tens of thousands of years, we'll say, testosterone was absolutely necessary, and we just naturally produced it. And it, it, saved, it saved lives. We would use it to fight each other, obviously, in wars. And we would use it to gather food. And it's a big part of, I, I don't want to say being a man, because no one really likes to hear that, but it is physically super, super important to have that amount of testosterone so you could feel like yourself. If you have that amount of testosterone, you can feel like the homo sapien male you are. And the more you're at sync with your body, the more at sync you'll be with your mind, you can actually do other things. It's, it's influential on your whole life. Testosterone, we'll see it as like, I guess, aggressive juice or whatever. Someone shoots up some testo and then and then you get out there and you work out and get big. But that's just, a, that's a tiny part of it. Yeah, I mean, testosterone is not limited to just males as well. Like, females have testosterone. Right, I don't want to just go male with that. But just from a male perspective, because I don't know the female side to it that much. I can't really talk for them. Because estrogen is a whole other thing. Estrogen is super important for women as well. Women also have testosterone. Mm-hmm. And we're, males are eating a lot of estrogen food that produce estrogen, like even broccoli, bro. No one talks about that. Broccoli is a big estrogen-producing vegetable from what I've read. And that's crazy how no one knows that. And that'll just take over your uh, your body's ability to produce testosterone. So if you can just do your own research and figure out what to eat, uh, it's mostly your eating habits, i got to say. Like working out, getting outside. This goes back to just being on your phone all fucking day. If you just want to be on your phone all day, scroll be depressed and just blame everything. Like, God, why am I so depressed? Like, you've been given everything and you just don't feel good. Maybe it's because you're not treating your, your your body and mind with respect at all. And testosterone has a huge thing to do with that. Yeah, mental health and physical health are hand in hand. Like, what you consume on a daily basis, as in, you mentioned soybeans. I, that's terrifying for me because I eat soy all the time. Like, I'm a huge edamame fan, which is... Love edamame. Soybeans at the Shit. end of the day. But no, it's terrible. Like... I can't eat soybeans anymore. But going off of what you're saying, like your physical and mental health are so hand in hand. 
what you consume on a daily basis. If you're eating garbage, if you're eating fast food 24-7, yes, you will be depressed. Yes, you will be not happy with your life because what you are putting in your body is not what you should be putting in your body. McDonald's, Burger King, all these different fast foods. You are what you eat, bro. Straight up. No, exactly. That's where that phrase comes from. All these different fast foods do not have the nutrients that you need on a daily basis. I have been extremely interested in foods this past couple of months and what you consume and how that affects your body. And going back to fast food chains and like all these horrible foods for you. I get people want to some days just not cook and you want to just get food handed to you. Yeah, that's understandable. But if you were to do this on a regular basis and get a McDonald's uh, spicy chicken sandwich every single day. Those shits are good. Those are really good. I can't complain about that. But if you were to get that every single day, you, I guarantee that you will be depressed. And it, like I know, I, I genuinely. Yeah. This no, is like yeah, a. This is like quite the step towards depression. But I promise you, if you eat fast food every single day, you will be depressed. Like it is just. I I don't know the, actual science behind this, like the reasoning why. But We're I only twenty two. We don't know that much. But I'm actually twenty one. Twenty one. I'm twenty one. But grow, no, grow up, I can pr- assure you, that you will become depressed by eating fast food and by not eating healthy foods. And I think it is like with within myself, mm-hmm. I do not really care about eating for pleasure. I eat more for nutrients. Like I just want to give my body the necessary things that I need. And from that, like I like I this is a different this is a topic we can get into, but by viewing food as a, medium for myself to maintain my health and as opposed to just dopamine like i truly feel that i am much more happy within my life because i don't need to get in and out i don't need to get mcdonald's all the time i I eat what is good for me as opposed to eating this garbage but something that i have began doing recently is eating one meal a day and the reasoning why is because I am very interested in lifespan longevity, nice. and that has been proven to like one meal a, or yeah one meal a day has been proven to extend your longevity. We haven't talked about fasting. That's, that, that's exactly what I'm getting into right now. If you really want to do that? Fasting through eating one meal a day. I eat. I go a 24 hour fast every single day. At least I try to. Most days, probably five out of seven days a week, I do a 24-hour fast. And this has had so many benefits on my life that I can't even begin to share with you. Like, for instance, on my daily basis, I am so focused in on what I'm doing. I'm not concerned about, oh, what am I going to eat in an hour? What am I going to eat in two hours? Like, yeah, that happens one time throughout the day. But I don't... I don't like if you're eating three meals a day, you eat your breakfast, you wake up, eat your breakfast, you you uh, refill your insulin levels and you're just so overjoyed with, oh, I just had a good cereal. I had this sugar fill sugar filled cereal and now I'm going to go about my day. Like, yeah. And then you just do whatever you got to do. Four hours later, you get your lunch. Oh, I'm going to refill my insulin levels. And then six hours later, you do the same thing. Like that is just such a. Uh, very like it impacts your day a lot. You always have to consider about what you're eating or 
what, like, what are you going to cook up that day? Like, it is just yeah. eating one meal a day has had so many benefits on me, and I, I want to share that with everyone. Yeah, it's awesome. No, I believe in that. Your body, your body runs better on ketones rather than it does glucose. I think glucose is uh, you. You can run on glucose if you eat a ton of carbs. Uh, in your brain, that's totally fine to do. But if you can, your brain, that's why people take fish oil pills and all that because your brain runs really well on fats. So if you can train your body through fasting to, hey, no, we're going to use this fat and energy-wise, you turn that into ketones and that's what your brain uses to keep going. That's when you burn so much fat. And it takes a long time for your brain to get used to that. But if you can train your brain through like intermittent fasting and then maybe even 24-hour fasting, then you can train your body, hey, let's burn fat. And I've, I've noticed differences through doing that, through just not eating, like even through a simple 15-hour fast. You can train your body and brain to go, okay, yeah, let's let's burn these ketones instead of uh, this other energy. And like, let's get on. Your brain will be a lot more happy with you too because it runs more efficiently on that. Love that word, ketones. Ketones. Through fat, you just burn fat. Train your body to burn fat, dude. You look and feel good. Uh, I think uh, you mentioned you like you want to talk about di- or, uh, fasting, mm-hmm. and exactly that. Like once you start training your Are body, we just talking about that. yeah, so we were just talking about that. Once you start fasting, you once you start fasting, you can train your body. Yeah, like do you, if you think about it, the our primal ancestors did not eat three meals a day. There's not a not a possibility in the entire world that they ate three meals a day. Like they didn't. Right. Go track down a rabbit. They didn't go track down a lion three meals a day. That's absurd. My brother, they just microwaved the rabbit from. Yeah, they just right? stuck it in their cold storage, and you know, just yeah. had that for later on. No, that like you are able within yourself, your primal instincts, your primal biology, you are able to train your body to not eat for hours on end. Like I, I for like I mentioned before, I am doing it. I do twenty four hour fasts or I try to every single day. In the beginning, yes, it sucks. But once you get used to it, I have no hunger throughout the day. When I, even when I begin, like even when I begin my meal, I'm still not hungry. I genuinely could go for another 12 hours of not eating. The only reason I eat is because I need these nutrients. But it honestly has had many lasting impacts on my life. As I mentioned before, let's get into philosophy now. I want to hear your views on oh life. God. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Don't try. Don't try? That's a good, that's a good piece of advice. That's, that's stoicism, as we, as we uh, said prior. No, best advice from, I guess, dude, um, I mean, yeah, depression is worrying about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future. I'd say just like it sucks. Oh my gosh, another thing I hate. But just I guess live within live in the moment, like within yourself, and like look forward to the next day. Like that's so that's so nice to go to bed like looking forward to the next day. That's so nice. So I guess live in the moment and then look forward to the future, and then be thankful for the past. You know, something like that. I mean, that'll just improve how you how you live and think throughout the day. Are you a goal oriented person? As in. Do you set goals for yourself? Like, is that a regular thing for you? Uh, not really. I don't really set that many goals. I mean, I want to be... I do the uh, Andrew Huberman, PhD at Stanford. He said, yeah, get, get 1% better every day, and I've been trying to do that. Because 1% better, you, get, you do that every single, every single day for 365 days a year. 
I mean, you'll be triple the person you were the year before. So yeah, just get, I mean, you don't even have to fix everything overnight. That's impossible. Just focus on one thing, get 1% better. Like read, I don't know, read a page. You, you just got, you just gave yourself that much more knowledge and that much more discipline. You just became 1% better. So I guess in any, even be kind to people too. I've been like, be, be gracious for the people you have around you. That's become pretty important to me recently. And if you just become thankful for the friends that you have, I mean, you tell people that you appreciate them, that's becoming 1% better, bro. You know? So just little things like that. I mean, ask ask someone how they're doing in their day. It's crazy. If you ask, ask like one of your best friends, ask your roommate, like, how are you actually doing today? They won't, they won't know how to respond because no one ever asks them, <laughs> you know? It's such a weird question to be, actually, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, good. Well, what happened yesterday, actually? That person could go on for 15 minutes telling you, oh, yeah, well, this is what happened when I actually went to class. It was bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, ask that person. And I mean, yes, be a better person. People really do see that and appreciate that. That's really just gratitude for other people. I have I have actually found that out recently. People really do not consider the fact that getting 1% better every day, like, this is a very feasible thing. It's not very difficult to get 1% better every single day. But that will drastically improve your life a year from then. Like it, it's a very simple thing to do, but people don't really... People are fine with... Or people are content with the way their lives are going, which I, I get the not everybody cares about improving their lives everybody's a lot of people are just content with where they're at that's fine but me personally i love to get better every single day that is a goal of mine at all times so yes get one percent better every day because it will at two years from then you will be a different person yes sir if you were to give your so imagine you had the ability to put a billboard anywhere with anything you want on it, just to remind yourself throughout the day. What would that billboard be, and where would it be? Where'd you come up with that? I heard it on the podcast. You know, i got to recycle these no, questions. that sounds good. Yeah, I was like, damn. Wait, a billboard with my own message on it? Yeah, with your own message, and you have, you can choose where you want this billboard to be. What would it be, and where would it be? Um, does it have to be a location with a billboard? I'm going into this. No, it can, be, it can be in your bedroom, for instance. Oh, okay, sure. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably put it, there's a park right across my street, uh, Hudson Park, beautiful park, Tempe shout out. I would put the billboard right there and probably just be like, just be grateful, be better. I don't know. Be grateful, be better. You can always be a better person. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty shitty person, like a lot of the time. So yeah, if I, you can just remind yourself, hey, be better, improve. And I'm all about that right now. So probably, yeah. What about you, Clark? I've never really put some thought into it, but really? I would, I mean, I'm just a question asker. I'm not the question answerer. Really? You've been talking a lot. I think <laughs> uh, my piece of advice to myself would be to check in on yourself. Mm. Like I, my life has been very constant doing things. Like I, I'm always on the go. I always am doing something. I really do not give, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I, I really neglect my inner self. I really do not check in on myself very often. And I need a reminder of that throughout the day. And to answer to answer my own question, my billboard and my what I would put on the billboard would be check in on yourself. And the location would be 
outside of my apartment because every time I go outside of my apartment, I am immediately doing something and I, my mind is set on the thing that I'm doing. That is my answer. I like that. It kind of it kind of circles back to yeah, focus on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Just give yourself some thought, and then your 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 mind will thank you for sure. Yes, sir. What is something that you wish you knew sooner? Um, something I wish I knew sooner. Probably. Some of that water, actually. Something I wish I knew sooner is, I guess, yeah. Don't pay attention to too many people because everyone's just worried about other things. So something I, I wish I knew sooner is, I guess, don't I don't panic. Just take a breath and just keep on living. It's pretty pretty simple, but pretty useful. Keep I on. I could have given a better on. answer there, but I just yeah, keep on keeping it on. I just haven't really thought about that. So no worries, man. I, uh, you can think about it later, and then uh, next time you come on... Yeah, bro. You'll have a very elaborate answer. But, Chase Kengott, we've been talking for nearly an hour and a half now. Yeah, dude, that's some good water. I think we uh, should cut this off. It was a good conversation you and I had. I Yeah, dude, a, I appreciate it. It was nice. It's a I value our friendship a lot, dude. Yes, sir. I love sir. you very much, and I really appreciate coming on here, actually. Yes, I feel like uh, we learned a little bit about ourselves. About each other, I want to play that recording from last night when you're here. <laughs> I won't play it. Go for it, man. Go for it. Because I mean, we were having a couple of drinks at the Vine, as people do on Wednesday. But yeah, you were appreciating me a lot, and it really meant a lot. And the, the things I remember the most are people who, especially with my film, because I'm always trying to create stuff, is like people, just like little, little tiny things. Like when, let's say, my one of my really good friends, Jake Hubble, way back when, like little thoughts of appreciation to people, just giving someone not like compliments, but like appreciating them. I was like, Dan, like, yeah, I don't know about this whole film thing. He like watched my movies, like, no, you know what? Like, you're actually pretty good. Like, I don't know if he really meant this, but he's like, you, like, I actually saw them and like, I really believed, like, I believe you can actually go somewhere with that. And I was like, that, I value that so much. I was like, damn. Like, that sort of appreciation to somebody, that meant so much to me. And just, yeah, I guess give someone some appreciation one day, not just a compliment, but saying, hey, you're doing good in this, or I really appreciate you being there for me. And, I mean, that'll go a long way. Before you play that, to add on to what you're saying, I took this course from Yale on a Coursera, like an online, massive online open course thing. And it, the course was about how to be happy, one of the things it mentioned was that you should express gratitude towards other people yeah. because for one, it will make the other person happy. Like if I tell you that I, I'm very happy that you and I are friends and I say all this stuff towards you, it will make you happy, but in turn, it will also make me happy. It, right. And there's a paradox in that. No, it, it doesn't make sense. It's it's a little selfish to be like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna make this person feel good so I feel good. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. There's it's, a little bit of a paradox in that, but it's true. If you love the universe, the universe is going to love you back. If you appreciate everyone around you, like, hey, you're just going to get love back, like, by by rule of the universe, however that goes, bro. You Some know? random acts Something of kindness. Like yes. Yeah. Can we play this? Yeah, here's a clip from, or Let's the see. clip that Chase is talking about. Care, that is why I'm looking forward so much to it. Like, I cannot, I really, my bad, my bad. I really can't.
cannot emphasize this enough. I am looking so forward to this conversation. And I know you are a very good conversationalist. I've told this to Andrew many times. You mentioned the fact, I mentioned, like I said to you, I was like, okay, I want to give an adjective to describe this person. And I chose, and you brought up a charming Chase Kengon. You are a very charming man. Thank you. You are a very good Look at that appreciation. See, dude, that was just a little moment of drunk, or, or not, no, we, we weren't really drunk, but uh, it was just a little moment of appreciation. I, I really thought of that. I, I was like, hey, I'm going to record this and play it tomorrow, because I think this is hilarious. And yeah, that, that did mean a lot to me, too. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you got to show your appreciation towards your friend. Absolutely, that is, that is bro. what I did. But yes, the charming Chase Ken got... Thank you, sir. We, uh, we should cut this conversation off. We've been going for a while. Yeah, let's get on with our day. I got to go to Tennessee later today. About to go to Sewanee. I'm excited, dude. I'm about to have a great ass weekend. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff fun, to do. Man. I've been, I've been busy. But hey, let's get after it, dude. Let's get this stuff done. I, I'm gonna go stretch and stuff as well. Yes, sir. You gotta take your own advice and use that. Yeah, you gotta practice what I preach, baby. Yes, sir. Alrighty. But alrighty. Thank you for joining me. Mm-hmm. It was a pleasure. Before we go our separate ways. I want to share a quote from Pablo Picasso. Every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once he grows up. If you liked this podcast, please give it a five stars on your preferred podcasting platform. Thank you for tuning in and until next time.